so glad that you're here. Uh, whenever you study the book of Acts, exciting things happen. Exciting things happen back at the early church. And uh, I'm just privileged to be able to share with you this morning. Um, J.B. Phillips did a translation of the New Testament after the Second World War because he found out the young people in his church didn't understand some of the old English and so he was putting it into modern English. He was one of the first ones to put it in modern English. And he said when he came to the book of Acts, it was like trying to rewire a house with the power turned on because there's so much power there. Exciting power. And uh, <clears throat> this morning, I'm going to start off by telling you a couple things. Number one, I'm not going to put the verses up there. I'm going to make you work. So you can grab a Bible out of the pew there, and if you don't have a Bible, take that home. Uh, but uh, if you do, get out your, uh, your uh, electronic device and look up. I have umpteen dozen versions on my phone. Uh, you just find one, and uh, these, are the, these are the verses I'm going to be using. I just want to start as a review. Uh, we go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, and, and there it says that the Holy Spirit was going to come. That gift that we've been talking about in the last few weeks was going to come, and it was going to come upon them, and they would become witnesses. Now, my task this morning is to help you understand how the Holy Spirit's going to help you to become a witness in Jerusalem. You say, oh, good, we all get to get on the plane and go over to Jerusalem. We'll just, we'll just go around there. No, uh, we're referring to our Jerusalem. What's our Jerusalem? This city in which we live, Musja. How will the Holy Spirit help you and I reach Jerusalem? Pastor Steve shared last week about the Holy Spirit helping us, the, the people to change from within and then affecting people without. I'm going to unpack more about how the Holy Spirit changes us within and prepares us to touch those that are without, uh, without some of these changes. And I'm going to just talk to you a few uh, of some of these changes when that power comes upon you. And just in review, we remember um, that this was something that happened to them even though they already had a relationship with the Lord Jesus. Now, if you're kind of confused about that, uh, you can go back to John, we're not going to go there, but John 20 and verse 22. On the night that Jesus uh, had risen from the grave and uh, he'd seen a few people, but that night the disciples were all together and it says in John 20, 22 that he arrived there and all of a sudden showed up, scared them silly, and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I believe that was the moment the disciples got saved because they couldn't have got saved before that because the blood had not been shed. And that was the Holy Spirit coming within them on, on, on that powerful night. But this was later. This was after the day of Pentecost. This was 50 days later, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and all of a sudden there were some dramatic changes within them. And I want to talk to you about some of those dramatic changes and how those changes caused them or allowed them to touch their whole city. And we need those changes in us so that we would touch our city. First of all, what happened on the day of Pentecost? They were all gathered together, 
And you can read this uh, in that next passage, Acts uh, 2, well, all of Acts 2. They were gathered together. They were in one place. They were worshiping God. I personally feel they were in the temple because that's where you would go on the day of Pentecost. Everybody went to the, to the temple area and they were all worshiping God, maybe off in, in one corner, I don't know, but all of a sudden they had this fantastic encounter with the power of God and he came upon them. And one of the first things that happened was people started to criticize. Huh, these guys are drunk. And then Peter stood up. And he stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and he shouted to the crowd, listen carefully to all, uh, all of you fellows, Jews and residents of Jerusalem. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Here's Peter. He's standing up and he's saying, hey, listen to this. This is the same Peter who was a real wuss before, right? Actually, he was, he was the guy that always, and you read the Gospels, Peter just opened his mouth to change feet. Uh, you know, he was always putting his foot in it. He was always in this. But here is the guy who said, when Jesus said, you're all going to forsake me, he said, I won't. I'll be right there. I'm going to. But he was powerless. And what happened? The soldiers came, they took Jesus away, and he followed a long ways off, and he watched, and, and then he, he kind of snuck in, and then when just a little girl asked him, you were with him, no, I didn't even know him, and he had no power. He was not bold, he was weak. He, he, he couldn't even confess that he had been with Jesus to a little girl. It didn't make any difference. But, and then he went out and he wept bitterly, and then he decided... I'm going to go back to fishing. I can't do this. And now, after this gift of the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him, he became bold. If you and I need some boldness this morning, I think we're like Peter. Oh, so many times, we need to be bold. We need the Spirit to come upon us. And he stood up, and he was so bold that he even stood up and he preached to the very people who had been part of crucifying Jesus. And he said, you crucified the Messiah. Oh, man, that's words to get you killed. He was bold. The Holy Spirit upon us makes us bold. And he will change us. All, you go, if you go through the book of Acts, you'll find out the word bold. They were bold. It was over and over again. Uh, just quickly, in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, the members of the councils were amazed. That they didn't like what the, what the, the apostles were, were preaching about Jesus, and they called them in, and, and they said, here it says, they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they could see that they were ordinary men. They had no special training in the Scriptures. And they also recognized they were men who had been with Jesus. The boldness comes the Holy Spirit. One of the things that he does within you, he will make you bold. And we need to walk in that. Later on, uh, after they'd been threatened that they should never speak that way, they went out and they went back together and they prayed and they said, Lord, give us, your servants, great boldness to preach your word. They wanted that boldness. I don't know about you, have you been a bit of a wuss when it comes to sharing what Christ has done in you? Are you kind of, well, mm, mm, mm. I was that way. I, 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 couldn't, oh, I couldn't share my faith for anything. 
In fact, I was, even though I, it was funny because I grew up in a pastor's home. I grew up in the church. I loved the church. I enjoyed it. I, all my friends, you know, everything. But in school, I didn't want anybody to know anything about what was going on in my other life. I was not bold. In fact, one time, I remember I was in junior high and we were out sitting out. In junior high, you don't go out and play. You just go out and sit up against the wall, you know, on recess time. You just kind of, you're real cool. And we were out there and the one guy, he started saying, yeah, he said, I don't know how he got on this. He said, those holy rollers. And I just, because back in those days, they called Pentecostals holy rollers. And I thought, oh. And I just kind of sucked in my breath. He said, yeah, those holy rollers, those Catholics. And I'm going, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know how he thought Catholics were holy rollers, but uh, I was just in agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. Another time, I remember we were in a study group, and uh, one of the girls all of a sudden, this was in high school, said to me, Doug, why don't you come to the dan our dances? And in those days, Christians didn't go to the dances, so uh, I could have had an opportunity to say, well, this and that. But I just got red in the face, and I didn't know, I was, I was about this. And another girl spoke up, and she said, he can't, his dad's a preacher. <clears throat> yeah, I was so embarrassed. And then something happened. I had an encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit one Sunday night. I knelt down and didn't get up for about four hours as the Holy Spirit just came on me and filled me up to, with him and just made his, his presence was so fantastic and so powerful, and he changed me. I became bold. In those days, David Wilkerson had just written a book called The Cross and the Switchblade. I started handing these out to my friends, and they would read it, and then we'd start discussing what was going on. And in there, he talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and all that, and they would come back, and they'd ask me about all these things, and, and I, I put a note up on the bulletin board I'd lend out that and then I really got bold because at the same time there was another book that came out by uh, John and Elizabeth Sherrill called They Speak With Other Tongues and and uh, and so then I'd start handing these books out and it wasn't about the tongues it was just about the power of the Holy Spirit and and I was so bold that changed what happened the same thing happened to Peter the Holy Spirit wants to come on you and make you bold now I don't mean that doesn't mean that you have to put on a sandwich board saying the repent the end is near and walk up and down Main Street uh, we need to be bold though I find in Canada we have a problem because there's a spirit of niceness <laughs> you say well what's wrong with that I'm nice but we don't want to offend anybody uh, when I go to Latin America, I, it's so free. I can be so free. I can share the gospel with anybody. I come back to Canada, and it's like there's a spirit here that is just causing us to, to, to hold back, and I don't want to offend them. I, I, I don't want to say something that would upset them and all of this. Oh, in Latin America, uh, Henry, my son-in-law, him and other guys, they used to just hop on a bus, and they get on the bus, and they just start preaching the gospel, and then they'd get off the next stop, hop on another bus, preach the gospel. That happened all the time. Uh, we, we would go to the women's prison and preach the gospel. We'd go off to the, the, to the, the, the young people, where the young people were in jail, preach, preach in the streets. There was, a, there was just an openness. I was just in Brazil, and the openness to preach the gospel all over the place. The one service that we had on a Saturday afternoon, uh, there was over... 200,000 people at it. And then I realized I, I had another friend there. He was in another group that was meeting in another stadium. And there was, a, I don't know how many, uh, I think there was 10,000 in that one. Uh, you know, uh, the gospel's gonna, and in Canada, we're just kind of so afraid. 
Somebody might make fun of us. They might put us down. So what are we supposed to do? I believe we need to let the Holy Spirit allow us to be bold and wise because we are in Canada and maybe we need to bind up some of those spirits that are around here that are making us so fearful. But let's share the gospel with boldness. That means when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, oh, I love that. Mitch and Tim sharing uh, with the hearing God. Do you believe the Holy Spirit can speak to you? As, as, as you hear the Holy Spirit saying something to you and saying, it's time to go over and visit with so-and-so. And he will give you boldness to share something. Or at least just to say when somebody's sharing their problems, can I pray for you? I've had very few people say no, maybe one or two in my lifetime, they said, no, I don't want you to pray, anybody to pray for me, but don't let that stop you, even if somebody does. Can I pray for you? I believe that God could heal you. I could believe God could heal your nephew or, or, and, and, and pray and believe the boldness. We are so many times are so afraid to say anything, but in those days, they were filled with boldness. Wow. Peter got up and he just shared it. And all through there, and he was up against some of the political and religious leaders of his day, and he just shared the gospel boldly. Change from within. The second thing, it says in Acts 2.42, the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The Holy Spirit in us, that power within us, is going to give us a love for the Word. You know why? Because it was that same Spirit that caused the Word to be written. This living Spirit of God that caused the Word to be written. You're talking about reading the book and having the author of the book within you helping you to understand it. That's why you need to take the word and hearing God by taking the word and as you read it, say, speak to me, Lord. What do you want to speak to me? In my daily readings right now, I'm in Ezekiel and it's a little bogged down. <laughs> but every day I say, Lord, is there something here for me? And it's incredible. It's incredible the different things that come to my heart for that day because that's the word. There was a longing and a desire to be in the word. Do you think Musha would be changed if we were bold and filled with the word of God and be able to just share what God is doing and doing in our lives? That boldness was, in, it was incredible, but they were filled with the word of God. They were listening. They were part of that. And then we just go on to the next uh, part of that same verse. Um, and to fellowship... And to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and they worshiped together at the temple each day. And they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, it says. The third thing, community. They were drawn to be in community. They, they, they were meeting together in their homes and they were encouraging one another and they were sharing what was happening and they were praying for one another and, and the strength of hundreds of homes being filled every day with people and they were partaking of the Lord's table. But not just that, they were sharing meals together. 
Maybe the Holy Spirit wants to tug on your heart. There's somebody you should invite over for a meal. If you're, you're fearful of sharing the gospel with someone at your workplace, invite them home for a while. And not don't get them home and start preaching at them. Invite them to your place. Start a relationship. When you get in a relationship and they begin to know how real you are, that's the problem with working with a sandwich board saying, repent, the end of the world is coming. The people don't know you. They look at you, oh, he's just a nut. When they get to know you and realize you really are a nut, that's okay. And then you can start sharing. Hey, yeah, this is, but the reason, this is what's happening in my life. And this is, oh, yeah. And, and they were doing that as a, as a, a group of believers, but they were brand new believers. They, they were gathering together. This is why you need to be in a small group. This is why you need to talk to Dave Moore and say, yeah, I need to be there because I need other people around me to support me and I need to pray with them. I need to be encouraged by them. And that was just a natural outcoming of being filled with the power and being empowered was this desire to get together. They were doing it daily. They were just getting together continually. The third thing that we see, they were empowered with a desire to pray. It said, all the believers devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to pray. Oh, man, you want to talk about a prayer book, a prayer, uh, uh, book read the book of Acts. They're continually praying. They're just praying one after another. They, they were just the prayer. But that's similar to what I was just talking to you about. The reason that the book becomes alive as you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the, the Bible becomes alive, is because the author is there within you, filling you up. But the same thing is about the prayer. I know some have really struggled with prayer because they've been saying prayers. Now, forgive me. Uh, I know when we say saying prayers, we think of some of the religions where you say Hail Marys or you repeat different prayers. The Muslims repeat all these prayers over and over again on their beads and that. And some of us as Christian believers have done the same thing. We just start saying all these different prayers over and over again and they're really not a prayer from the heart. I've changed my ritual of praying over the food to trying to pray something real. Lord, this is great. Because you know what you usually do is, oh Lord Jesus, we thank you for this food. Uh, amen. Is this all we got? Well, how come we're eating this today? You know, that isn't really a prayer. We're really not thankful. But I tell you, as the Holy Spirit fills us, we need to be filled with a desire to pray. Why? Because it's a communion with Him. It's, it's saying, I love you. Man, we have to just drop all that religious stuff and say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Oh, man, thank you for being here. What do you want to say to me today? Yeah, and here's what I've been feeling. This is what I've been thinking. And this, as I do that... As I do that in my prayer time, he fills my heart with prayers and desires to, to, to touch people here and there and all kinds of things because it's a real and living thing. And when my hour is up, I kind of feel like, well, I could keep going here for uh, more time because it's not a, a religious saying of prayers over and over and over. It's a reality. It's powerful. And I'm so glad here at Hillcrest that... The that we're moving in prayer. The summit last uh, Sunday night was excellent. If you missed it, don't miss the next one. It was excellent as we were crying out to the Lord. And here's all, uh, 
the neat part about it, we were about 85 of us back there in the, in the fellowship room, but there was a whole group of young people over there, and the kids were still praying after the adults got done. Isn't that neat? <laughs> uh, they had to say to the parents, shh, shh, we're still praying here. Hey, that's the beginning of a powerful touching of this city. We want to reach our Jerusalem. We need to start praying. On Wednesday, I was working here in the building, and I, I, I just started walking into the foyer, and I stopped because here's a, a whole group of ladies with their arms interlinked, crying out to the Lord in prayer. Oh, that's powerful. Men me meeting on Mondays, praying, crying out, uh, different prayer meetings and their prayer summits. As we begin to do that, he is going to change us, and that will change our city. We're praying for the elections coming up. We're praying that the Holy Spirit would begin to touch people. And prayer was so vital in those days. It was the bottom line. They were praying. They were praying. And as you go through there, Peter and John were going up to the temple in chapter 3 at the time of prayer. Uh, they, they got in trouble and they got beaten. And what did they do? They went back and they prayed. And the whole house was shaken by the power of God. They just continually praised him and they raised their voices together in prayer to him, it says in chapter 4. <clears throat> change of becoming a prayer person young people it isn't boring it's exciting you get in touch with the power of God and that power is greater than any other power that you know I see us being bombarded by the power of evil spirits especially at this time of the year and you get in touch with the power of God it is like electricity it is powerful and it is incredible now next step and all the believers were together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money they had. And what happened? Great generosity came upon them. The Holy Spirit placed a generous spirit. They became so generous. Look what it says. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in the homes for the Lord's Supper. Uh, this is verse 46 of chapter 2. And they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. They weren't thinking, I don't can't have those guys over here because they're going to eat a bunch of my food and I'm going to, you know, I need it. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Then if we go on to chapter 4, near the end, all, uh, verse 34, all the believers, uh, 32, pardon me, 432, all the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. A spirit of generosity, an incredible spirit of generosity. I'm going to share from my own experience. Um, when I was, ever since I... I was young, my parents taught me about tithing. Um, in Edmonton, a new believer came in and asked about, what's this thing about the tith? What's the tith? <laughs> uh, the tithe, 10%. My parents taught me about 10%. Okay, if I got a dollar, I put a dime in the offering. And, and uh, I just grew up doing that. But one Sunday... Well, it was one weekend, uh, friends of ours were visiting, and my friend's dad, before service, before, we were just getting ready about to go, go to church, 
And he handed my friend, he handed me a silver dollar. And back in those days, he used to get these silver dollars every now and again. And he handed one to me, and he went, gave one to his son. And we went to church. I thought he gave me that money for offering, so I put that money in the offering. And afterwards, uh, my friend said, that money wasn't, you didn't have to put that. You put that in the offering? I said, yeah, you didn't have to. That was, that was just for you. <gasps> Rats. <laughs> I didn't pay tithes for the next eight months. I'd put my money in. That's where my heart was. It was, it was, uh, it's back what Pastor Steve was talking about. His little fellow saying, self. Money was self, self. Another word that two years old, mine. It's mine. This money is mine. <laughs> you know what happened? After that encounter that I had that night, the Lord changed my attitude totally. Totally. In fact, I worked after school a couple hours and all day Saturdays in a grocery store earning 25 cents an hour, guys. Minimum wage was a dollar, so I was getting ripped, but I was working. I had money. And I, I gave my 10%. Uh, and I thought, the Holy Spirit started nudging me. You could do better than that. I started giving 20%. And then 30%. And I still had money. And it was like, oh, here. I haven't been able to do that all my life, but it was, it was like, here. I don't need this. You know, the other day I heard on this whole thing with the election uh, in the States, and they came out with this incredible number. Some of these numbers I think are just made up, but 50% uh, <laughs> of those people in the United States are living hand to mouth. I heard that, and I thought, so what? I've lived hand to mouth all my life. Fortunately, it's been from his hand to my mouth. <laughs> and his hand's a lot bigger than my mouth. And I got a pretty big mouth. But he, he, his hand to my mouth. You know, this whole thing of hand to mouth. How much extra do we have? We, we need to be generous. A spirit of generosity. The Holy Spirit, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he gives you a generous spirit. Not just with money, but with your time and with your energy. Pastor Steve was talking about those in the early church when there was an epidemic. They went and they stayed in the city and they gave of themselves. They gave their lives. We have to be generous. I like that line. It says, they didn't count that anything that they had. They, they, they shared with everybody. It wasn't theirs anymore. It belonged to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit would guide on how he wanted his money used. My way of living is to write my check right off the bat for my tithe. Uh, here's a, I'm going to stop for a commercial because uh, <clears throat> I told the girls in the office we do this. Uh, you don't have to do that anymore. We now have a kiosk just outside there where you can go and put your card in and you can just debit or credit and just put the money right into the account. Be, for, be sure and follow the instructions that are given there so that you'll get a receipt. Uh, but we do have that just out in the foyer right now. So that's the commercial from the office. Uh, you want to do that? Don't get up and do it right now, but after service, you can go out and, and, uh, 
and give. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's maybe starting to work on you to give. Now, you say, but there's so many people asking for this and this. How should I give? Right away, I, I, I say, I bring 10% right back into here, okay? And then the Holy Spirit starts tugging on me, give an offering there, help that person, do that, do that. And as you listen and do it, the Holy Spirit, he'll do it. Now, don't get caught in this thing that I'm going to give so that I will get blessed. I will give. You give because the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart. This whole thing about uh, if, 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 I, if I give this, then I, I, God's got to give me this back, and then he doesn't, and then you get disappointed. Listen to the Holy Spirit and give. And you know the Holy Spirit will guide you on who you're to give to. It's interesting. There's sometimes there's a, 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 something comes up, and usually my wife and I will be together. Yeah, we need to give to that. There'll be other times somebody, something is announced, and no, we don't feel the Holy Spirit doesn't say that that's for you. Be, do that. And sometimes you say, well, I don't know if I, that person really needs the money or not. Listen, listen to the Holy Spirit. My good friend, Harry Roberts, some of the older people here might know Harry Roberts. Harry uh, is a senior man in our, uh, senior minister in our fellowship. He told me one day, he said, he heard that so-and-so was going to go, was raising money to go and be a missionary in Africa. And he said, what a joke. He said, that's a laugh. That guy being a missionary, Holy Spirit said to him, you want to hear a bigger laugh? You're going to give him $2,000 to go and do it. <laughs> be led by the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit designate what you're to give and where do you give as we hear from him because you can't take it with you anyway. You know, sometimes we get so mine, mine. In the early church, they were generous. They were giving it away. Now, some, when I was asking me the other day, now, <clears throat> that sounds like socialism. Mm, there's socialism here. Everybody should have the same amount. Everybody, now, I just want to tell you something. Here's the difference. In the early church, in the first few generations, there was persecution martyrdom. We read that when we get near the end of the book of Acts. All the different things that were coming against the church and all of it. And it went on and on and on. And then Augustine decided, I think it was, no, no, it was, uh, who decided the Holy Roman Empire? It was going to make it a religion. Constantine. Yeah, I knew it wasn't Augustine. He was a Christian. Constantine was a ruler. Constantine, thank you. Constantine, everybody we are now, and they legislated that everybody's going to be a Christian. You can't legislate everybody to be a Christian. It's an act of your heart. I have no problem in being generous and giving as the Holy Spirit prompts me. I personally don't want the government to do that for everybody. It's okay, I guess, if the government does because I have to do it. But the difference here was, was it a heart change or was something being legislated? It's not a hard decision for a Christian pay your tithes and pay your taxes because Jesus said give unto Caesar what Caesar's and give unto the Lord what the Lord listen to the Holy Spirit don't try to get out of paying your taxes even if we get to a point where we can't have a tax receipt we still got to give because the Holy Spirit is the one and it's his money anyway so my question is 
Are you using his money? How will this affect Moose Jaw? I would like Hillcrest to be known as the most generous place in the world. Those guys are crazy. They just give money away. Those people, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying we're going to just give it away and foolishly, but people from the outside looking and saying, those people don't fight over money. A lot of churches are fighting over money. And we don't, we don't give because our poor pastor needs some salary. He needs it, but we don't give because of that, right? We give because the Holy Spirit is tugging at my heart. Here, this isn't mine anyway. This isn't mine anyway. This belongs to you, Lord. And oh, man, does he take care of his own. Now, I'm going to talk to the seniors for a minute because I'm getting in that bracket. When you get to that point, well, I don't know if I got enough and I can't work anymore. What am I going to do? That's, I get in that every now and again. You know what the Holy Spirit has told me? The other day, he just slapped me up the side of the head, and he said, have I ever, have I ever, have you ever lacked? Like the comedian says, we never missed a meal. We just delayed a few. No, we never missed a meal. Had more than probably needed. Has the Lord always been faithful? He always has. And he said, have you ever missed a meal? Are you, have I ever always supplied for you? Yep. Do you think I'm going to quit because you're getting old? <laughs> think I'm going to quit because you, oh, Lord. I am going to give, and I'm going to give generously. To the point that there wasn't any needs among them. They were just giving it away. What a t testimony to Jerusalem. What a testimony as we supply the needs to those who are coming into our community to those who are here, to those who have needs. And this is not just financial. This is your time and your energy. This is serving those around you. Generosity. Let's go on to the last one. They were empowered to do signs and wonders. It says in Acts 2... 43, a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculously signs, miraculous signs and wonders. Incredible things. Read Acts chapter 3 now. They're going up to the temple to pray, and here's this lame man. And they said, we don't have any money on us. They'd already given it all away. And they said, here, but we have something even more powerful. And the man is healed. He jumps up. He's running around praising God. Hey, Signs and wonders. You say, well, what's a wonder? Well, I tell you, you read chapter 5. Here's, in chapter 4, at the end, it ends up, here's uh, Barnabas is so generous, he sells the land and gives it. And in chapter 5, here's a couple, Ananias and Sapphira, who aren't filled with the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit. They're led by wanting to be famous like everybody else who's been giving and they want to get in there. So they sell a property and they lie about uh, that they're giving it all. They say they're giving it all and they weren't giving it all. But the wonder was Paul just knew because the Holy Spirit this whole thing of the Spirit of God in us discerning spirits. He saw that these people didn't have the right spirit. Uh, they, there was a word of knowledge uh, that they all of a sudden knew. Hey, this isn't all that they got for that, I'm sure. It wasn't because somebody had texted uh, uh, Peter saying, these guys sold that for this much. Well, how much are they putting in the... <laughs> it, wasn't that. it was a wonder. It was, the, it was the Holy Spirit moving. And all of a sudden, 
There was a fear. Why? Because one of the other things that is affected that is when there's signs and wonders, there's holiness that comes. People walking in holiness, and the Holy Spirit leads us into holiness because He's holy. And He wants us to walk in holiness. And these signs and wonders began to happen, and the whole church was just stopped. If that Holy Spirit takes over this morning and anyone here who's lied to the Holy Spirit dropped dead, we might have a bit of a problem, right? Thank you for the grace of God in our lives. But there were signs and wonders. People were healed constantly. It says here, look at what it says here. It says that even they laid their sick out so that as Peter walked along, the shadow would fall on him. Wow, they were healed. Signs and wonders. We need these today. We need these today. Acts chapter 5 and verse 12 says, The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the people were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them, yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women, as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across them, some of them, as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed with evil spirits, and they were all healed. If we're going to win our Jerusalem, we've got to walk in power and miracles and signs and wonders and this city will be touched this city will be changed where does it start by allowing the spirit of the living god to indwell and fill us and give us boldness give us a hunger for the word give us that prayer i know some say well i'd like to spend more time in prayer but i don't have enough time hmm you can tell me you don't have any money. Could be. But when you tell me you don't have any time, I don't believe you. Because I know how much time you have. You have the same amount of time I have. Right? But 24 hours. It's how you're using the time. It's how you're using that time. So, with the Holy Spirit's urging you to, to set aside time then maybe you have to limit some of these things. And the Holy Spirit will usually put his finger on some of the things. Yeah, don't do that. Leave this. Change that. That's the changing. They change it within us. And that will affect those around us. One of the interesting things that I find here was, it says that the Lord was adding to the church daily as those should be saved. It isn't your responsibility ability to go out and save anybody. It's your responsibility to be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk in that Spirit and be bold and share with others that wonderful news that Jesus Christ has saved you and you're to be generous and you're to be loving and kind and that will draw people to Christ. We get Christians who are just uh, out there attacking and coming against all of the you will not win the battle coming against all of the evils of this world in your own strength. You can't do it. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and let Him do it through you. I think we'll stop. Let's just look at that last slide. I want to go back to the very last slide, if we could, Harry. Just a reminder on here. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning?
Do you need, to, you need more boldness? Have you just, the word of God is something that you never open and never read? How about your prayer life? Do you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you long to get into his presence and just walk with him and talk with him and whether it's outside or inside or, or, or kneeling or standing or whatever, but just talk with him, just be so real. I love you, Lord, you're so incredible. Walk being filled with the Holy Spirit. I mentioned that initial time that I spent with the anointing of the Holy Spirit on me. And I've had to go back and be refilled every day. And some days for periods of time, I neglected that, got busy, didn't, weren't, wasn't in the Word. And the power just backs off. I wasn't generous. Because I, all of a sudden the things, and I, it's time maybe to get back in that. I don't know where you're at today on some of these things. What about community? Are you neglecting getting together with other believers because you have too many other things that are, uh, th that are calling you? And not just getting together with believers. You need to get together with unbelievers too or invite them over back and forth, however, so that you can love on them. What about your generosity or... Do you believe that God can do signs and wonders these days? Sometimes I'm afraid we are only conscious of praying for the believers for healing. We need to be praying for unbelievers for their healings and for miracles and signs and wonders, and that will draw them to Christ. I'm going to ask the, the band to just play, and I just want you to, as we sit here, just close your eyes for a moment and say, Holy Spirit, of what Doug's been talking about, what do you want to say to me today? We're just going to take a few minutes while Joya plays here.